Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way. Time to get serious. Just kidding. It's Ryan Schuling filling in. Dan's only gone one day. He is taking a flight back to Wisconsin to visit his brother. And then he'll be back in time to work the program tomorrow. This time of year, of course, spreading holiday cheer in any and all ways that you can. We find ourselves now just six days before the start of Christmas Day. Ryan Schuling filling in. As I mentioned, Kelly Kuchera, she's back. She still sounds like Rudolph in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. When I, I do not. You do. Right there, I, I you just not. did. You could I do the not. voiceover. I do not. You just did. I, I'm going to let the, the listeners decide, but there's this scene where Rudolph is so ashamed of his shiny red nose that he puts, like, coal or something on it to make it look black like the rest of the reindeer, that he talks like Kelly. No. For, first of all, <laughs> I am absolutely fine. Um... I have a sinus infection. Okay, Rudolph. Stop it. You sound just like him. You sound just like him. And I've had a very bad day. Yeah, Kelly, I just want to be the first to publicly say... Don't make me cry. I don't want to make you cry. Just my deepest condolences. Kelly lost her cat this morning. Yes. Gemma. Yeah. And you don't know exactly how old Gemma was because she was a rescue, right? Correct. But approximately how old? 18? 16, 17, around there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. 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 So if you have any thoughts, condolences, feelings, prayers you want to pass along to Kelly about this, it's, and I told her this right before the show, what a, what a tough time of the year to have this happen too, right around the holidays. Yeah. Well, and also you have to understand my poor husband always has the wonderful job. Of, He's the undertaker. Yeah, he has to take the dogs in and 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 takes the animals in, and it's it's horrible because I can't deal with it. I can't believe I'm not crying right now because I've been crying all day. Maybe it helps to talk about it. Um, no, I I it doesn't uh, help to talk about. I it. actually, do you know who I talk to? Like. Right before she... I know you talked to Hutch, my Hutch, buddy. Yep, yep. Yep. Hutch, he got me through it. He, he was like, oh, oh <laughs> I I love you, girl. Just, just, oh, she's going to be okay. Well, that wasn't true. <laughs> you know, he, kind he of He can't thing. lie to you at that instant. No, but he was talking about the afterlife is Aww. what I'm assuming. Well, he's really close with his cats as well. Exactly. Winston and Shady. And and so, you know, it it was rough. I'm not going to lie. I had her in my hands and my arms and and um before Adam kind of said, "Okay, it's time to go." And he took her out of my arms and and then went and, you know, 
took care of business. Well, yeah, and you know that she is no longer in pain and passed peacefully. And you know, I told you my cat Boris, who I was, I still have, you know, wonderful childhood memories of, and was very attached to. He, poor little guy, he died of cancer, and he was only about uh, thirteen or so, maybe fourteen, somewhere in that neighborhood. Himalayan cat, beautiful cat, looked just like the one. Uh, what's the the movie from like thirty years ago? Um, had a Himalayan cat in it, uh, Homeward Bound. Oh yes, I think yes, yes. Looked just like that one, just like it. And uh, my sister Liz, she was only like fourteen, fifteen at the time. She called me. I'm living in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they're in Grass Lake. It's about oh, an hour and a half, hour forty five drive. And she called me crying, saying, "Rye, I've been talking to Bori." And I think he's holding on just for you. If you can get home, if, you know, I, I just want you to see him. And so I'm like, I'm on my way. Because Boris, he was kind of like my cat. Like a cat typically picks that one person that's like their person. Which was Gemma, Gemma to you, me. right. Yeah. And Bori, Boris, he was my guy. So I, you know, try to somewhat obey the speed limits all the way down I-96, US-127, I-94, get home. And, you know, he's in a bad state. And he's alive, and he's alert, and I see him, and he kind of tries to meow, and I'm just talking to him and trying to, you know, tell him that I love him and that I'm there for him. And I tell you what, Kelly, he held on, but he died about 20 minutes after I got there. Uh, it's That story did not bring me any sort no, of... No, what I'm saying um, is I had I at of, least had that of, moment to say goodbye to yeah, him. Sure. And my point, I hope to the listeners out there, which is tough, you get a puppy, you know, you think, that's a puppy. Well, you know, you're going to outlive your pet most likely, and it's going to be really sad when they pass. But the hope is, and I think the belief is, what I believe, Kelly, is that these pets bring you far more joy and companionship and memories of course. than the pain of their passing. Is well, that true? Uh, I think it outweighs it. Uh, well, the funny part about it is you didn't find out about... Gemma until like way later. God, you sound like Rudolph, but keep going. I don't sound like Rudolph. <laughs> really Will you do. just really you stop really it? really do, though. Okay, go I ahead. I have a sinus infection. Okay, Rudolph, please continue. If you, if you keep, if you keep saying Rudolph. You know what song's coming next after the break, right? No, no of course. Uh, okay. First of all, um, so I tell you and the first thing you bring up is Boris's passing. Yeah. And uh, the best text message ever, I you have to read that because I was serious. It, it, it was so funny. It was like, okay, that parable did not mean anything to me right now. Oh, it, you're giving it, yourself it, credit for having a great text message. Yes. Wow, that's... Uh... Yes. That's impressive. Yes, because because at the time you you were so like, oh, okay. Well, I gotta like you know give her some sort of. Um, uh, I've got to like. Uh, I don't even know. Um, so he he sends me this text message, and it's kind of trying to be apologetic. Apologetic? I didn't kill your cat. I'm not apologizing but, for it. But. But it, you, your whole story was just, like, not right in the moment that I was feeling. So I mm. let you know that. And oh, wow. I, that's why I'm giving myself props. And I don't sound like Rudolph. Wow. Oh, well, you do, but that's, that's I fine. I don't. So, again, this time of year, it's tough. You, you lose a loved one, and that includes animals. You know, I'm I'm very much a person that believes that an animal is a member of the family and... 
you know, this is a very sad time for Kelly. So, again, if you want to send your condolences along, 57739, start them, Dan. Kelly will see them. Kelly will read them. I'm hoping Kelly doesn't cry too much. I know she's still very emotional right now. It's been a very tough day for her. So I'm trying to be call like... Call me. The, yeah, call I her. I will call. I will yeah. cry in your ear. Wow, that's... Is that like the, the Santa hotline, the 976 number from back when I was a kid, except I'm calling Kelly to hear her cry? Oh, for God's sake. Call 1-976-SANTA. No, 855-405-8255. That's 855-405-8255. The text is 57739. So Dan is gone today, but have no fear. He will be back tomorrow to pick up on the conversation. Now, we do have... A guest scheduled for today, and the show must go on, and Sarah Lugo. She is the program director for Marisol Services vis-a-vis the Catholic Charities of Denver. And we're trying to profile different aspects of Catholic Charities and what they do, especially during the holiday season. But it's 24-7, 365, year-round help that they give of people that are experiencing, you know, times that are tough. They're homeless. They're down on their luck. They've lost their job. They've lost their home. And, again, this is the theme that I'm going to have, and especially coming back and throughout today's program, is it's the faith-based private charities that do the real work, that do the hard work, that deliver results. And when you compare that and contrast that with what the government tries to do, and just in recent days, the lies and the scamming and the shell game that Mayor Mike Johnston has played with the homeless, that even Comrade Kyle Clark of Nine News here in Denver has called him out on, it shows you what a charade it is. It's a political game. These homeless people are pawns in Johnston's political game. He's running a turnstile, not a recovery center. He's not offering services to these folks to get them out of their homeless situations. He is simply housing them for two weeks and then giving them a boot out the door, wishing them luck. How does two weeks out of the elements, which for those two weeks, that's great, but it's a very temporary solution. It's a Band-Aid on a wound that needs a tourniquet. And it's an unserious, cynical approach just to try to tick that turnstile, to click that meter to a 1,000 people. You get them in, you get them out. You get it up to a thousand, you take credit for it, and you do a victory lap politically. That's what Mike Johnson is doing. I don't see any other read on the situation. If you feel differently, text us five seven seven three nine. We'll review that Kyle Clark piece when we come back. More of the Dan Kaplis show after this. Stay tuned. You know- Hey, look! Those! <laughs> hey, what do you know? One of them likes you. <laughs> yeah, Fireball? You really think so? 
better than any of the other reindeer. And Clarice, which now that name has a totally different image. It's uh, Silence of the Lambs. Hello, Clarice. You know, she was all about him. He's flying high, literally. You know, this is my big problem, and I got to go here every year. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is one of the worst stories ever told, and I'll tell you why. Not just because they're bullying the poor kid for being different, right? He has this red nose. It glows. So what? In fact, they didn't think this through. They didn't see the end game of this might be useful one day. And, hey, it makes him kind of cool, makes him kind of special. But they turn their backs on poor Rudolph. He has to go to the friggin' island of misfit toys and meet up with a dentist who didn't want to be an elf <laughs> and Yukon Cornelius who's looking for silver and gold. And I love Yukon Cornelius. He's one of my favorite characters ever in these Claymation series. They're his true friends, right? They accept Rudolph for who he is, no matter what. Doesn't matter. Red nose, guess what? We're kind of, you know, we're not exactly fitting in either. They're in that Groucho Marx 
you know, kind of realm of that I discuss. Of I would never belong to a club that would have me as a member. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, hey, look, I'm down on my luck now here, Rudolph. I can't fly my sleigh tonight. My other eight reindeer aren't getting the job done. And oh, by the way, now I've realized with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? What Rudolph should have told Santa at that moment is to shove it where the sun don't shine. (laughs) You think I'm, I'm not joking. The whole parable, this whole tale of Rudolph. Now, it was invented as like a marketing ploy, right, for Hudson's or something in the early 20th century. And I think Gene Autry sang the original song, and you heard Burl Ives there, an all-time classic. If you really, though, parse through and read the lyrics, these jerks, these fair-weathered friends, all of a sudden, now they're all nice to Rudolph. Now they'll let him play in the reindeer games. Now they act as if nothing ever happened. And just because Rudolph proved his usefulness, these very shallow, surface-level reindeer, and Santa himself, I'm sorry to say, Santa is a first-class jerk in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He doesn't show compassion. He doesn't show any kind of empathy or sympathy for Rudolph in the wake of these other reindeer picking on him. He doesn't pull Rudolph aside and go, you know what, buddy, it's going to be all right. Don't worry about these clowns making fun of you, because you know what, one day, one day you're going to help me out when I need you most. That's what a good coach says. That's what my own baseball coach, Hall of Fame Joe Bechtel in Michigan, said to me after I botched a fly ball that cost us an outright conference championship in baseball back in the early 90s. And I came back next year, and I happened to make the game-winning defensive play. But it's only because my coach pulled me aside, told me he believed in me that he was going to need me at some point. He didn't just come down crashing on me, piling on, because I made a mistake. The whole psychology of Rudolph is blanked up, if you know what I mean. Totally blanked up. And I I can't stand it. Whenever the story is told, I have to take time out of my schedule. Sometimes it's on Twitter. Sometimes it's right here on the air to go to bat for Rudolph. Because this little guy, he didn't get a fair shake. And again, his only true friends were Yukon Cornelius. And what was the name of the dentist kid? Oh, Hermie, right? Yeah, Hermie. Hermie. Those two guys are the OGs. Those two are the real ones that, that Rudolph knew he could count on. And I wish there was a little bit more to the story that showed him going, no, no, you clowns, yeah, I helped you out tonight out of the goodness of my heart because I'm Rudolph and I'm awesome and I'm better than you, but I'm going to go hang with my boys, Yukon Cornelius and Hermie, okay? You, all, you guys can all take a hike from now on. Your thoughts on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 57739. If you want to call it, we'll take this time out on the Dan Kaplis Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The first Noel, the angel did say. 
The first Noel for our next guest. Now that rhymed, and maybe I should write that down like the night before Christmas. Ryan Schuling filling in for Dan Kaplis. She is the program director for Marisol Services through Catholic Charities of Denver. Her name is Sarah Lugo, and she joins us now. Sarah, Merry Christmas. Hello, Merry Christmas. Thanks for having me. And great recommendation on the song. Thank you so much for suggesting it. Thanks for playing it. Absolutely. Now, let's talk a little bit about how you got involved at the very beginning for you with Catholic Charities of Denver and what that meant to you, what led you to that decision, and what guided you to that decision. Yeah, no, what a great question. Um, I think what really brought me to, I'm a social worker by education, and I was really drawn to um, serving those experiencing homelessness um, and kind of putting that together with Catholic Charities. And all it was doing um, really drew me to Catholic Charities over 10 years ago. And now I'm working in Marisol Health, um, serving extremely vulnerable just patients and families um, with both life-affirming medical services and life-affirming social support. So it's a gift to be a part of. And when a woman is seeking those services, when they're looking to reach out, maybe they have nowhere else to turn, how do you facilitate that meeting, that discussion, and that first conversation about making that connection. Yeah. So Catholic Charities as a whole, we have 76 locations all across the Archdiocese of Denver. So if you cut Colorado in half up to southern Wyoming, out to the western slope, um, we're doing kind of a wide variety of different um, services to individuals and families in the community. And so within that, we have Marisol services. Um, and I'm happy to share more about that. Um, but as we and kind of encounter anyone um, in any of our ministries, we're really keeping in mind just the dignity of that person and identifying exactly what they need and then serving them well, kind of whatever that might look like. So within Marisol Health, um, if someone's coming to us pregnant, um, we offer full life-affirming prenatal care and then wraparound social services kind of with a full focus on maternal mental health. So health for the mom, help for the baby, and health for the entire family through pregnancy and then beyond once the baby's here. Um, and then in Marisol Homes and in Marisol Family and within Marisol Counseling, um, we offer really a wide variety of support. Um, so anyone coming to our door, no matter which ministry it is, we're really looking at really just kind of identifying exactly what they need and then serving them well. You can find out more at ccdenver.org, where if you make a contribution between now and the Christmas holiday, and perhaps even after that, Dan Kaplis and his law firm will match that dollar for dollar. You just got to search for Kaplis Match at ccdenver.org. We are speaking with Sarah Lugo. She's the program director of Marisol Services, and she's described some of that in our conversation so far. Now, an event, and sorry, just missed it, but it was over this past weekend on Saturday, the 18th. 
eighth annual Light of Life Tea. Now, there, this yeah. is an event that was uh, commemorating the holiday and so forth. Tell us a little bit more about that and other types of events, Sarah, that Marisol Services and Catholic Charities puts on. Yeah, we had our most recent event was this past Saturday, and it was the Light of Life Ladies Tea. And so it's really just celebrating the work that Marisol is doing. Um, And so we were just incredibly grateful for the attendance and just the generosity towards um, the mission of Marisol Health. Um, And I think the highlight for me was one of our um, clients came back and kind of shared her story and just how Marisol touched her life and kind of helped her be the best mom um, and in kind of where she is now as a mother of two. These stories are not isolated. They are numerous, and they're wonderful. They're inspiring. I remember I've spoken not only to you, but several other members of of Marisol and the work that you do on behalf of these young expectant mothers and then mothers that are with young infants, etc., and the supplies that are provided, the services that are provided, both in terms of counseling and just accommodation. There's a lot of women I know that are in tough positions financially, and I'm I'm going to step aside right here. I don't expect you to get political, but some of the criticisms that we've heard about faith-based centers, unlike Planned Parenthood, is that they try to steer or force a woman into a decision to keep a child, and yet those of us who are pro-life are not pro-life for the entire life of the child. But quite to the contrary, what your organization provides are these services. You call them wraparound services, but there's so much more than that. They're life-enabling services for these young mothers, these young infants, these children, in order to help a mother get her feet on the ground when financially she might not be able to make ends meet. Take us through that process of that journey for these women. And I know that they're scared a lot of times when they come to you and they might not be certain in their decision that they're making. Just how you handle that from a compassion standpoint, from an empathy standpoint, from a psychological standpoint. Yeah, I think that is one of the most beautiful things that Catholic Charities as a whole does. Um, because we have such a vast array of services um, for maybe those experiencing homelessness or those with young children for early childhood education or for those um, seeking emergency assistance or behavioral health services or medical care or diapers and wipes and clothing or, you know, the list goes on. Um, I think because cafeterias houses those variety of ministries. So if somebody taps into Marisol Health with a say unexpected pregnancy. Maybe she is just finding out she's pregnant or she is um, kind of coming to us just scared um, and wanting kind of questions to her answers and wanting, you know, wanting, wanting, really wanting questions to her answers. Um, And so not only is she going to receive that, but she's also just going to receive her affirm, like affirm her dignity, um, affirm the life inside of her, but also affirm her entire family and identify, as I mentioned before, kind of identify those needs and see how we can really wrap and walk alongside kind of women and their families, uh, men, women, and their families during um, pregnancy, during postpartum. And so I think we really, as a whole Catholic Church agency, really strive to kind of go above and beyond for each and every one of our families who come into our doors. Um, and so Marisol Health exists, um, ex- really existed. Our inception is July 2016. And so we've learned a lot during that time to really identify how can we like walk best with the individuals that we're seeing, identifying their trauma needs, their behavioral health needs, um, and really getting to know them. I mean, it's just been absolutely beautiful to 
walk with these women um, in a variety of scenarios. We know we've, we've probably just something that's very close to my heart is somebody who came to us in a really, really vulnerable state. Um, she ha- was pregnant kind of unexpectedly and really just shared with us kind of the struggles that she was going through at home and um, significant. And so during that time, she really um, was able to identify those needs within herself um, kind of rebuild, kind of to I want a healthy pregnancy, um, really turned a lot of corners um, and then delivered a healthy baby boy and then also accessed our mater- our mental health services. So both group and individual counseling are available. Um, and now as a mother, she is just thriving. And so as a mother myself, I'm taking notes from her, right? She's now writing her own story and um, it's just absolutely beautiful, and it's just a really gift um, to be a part of Catholic Charities and to walk alongside women and their families during this time, such a vulnerable time. Such a vulnerable time, but just one of many such uplifting and positive stories Sarah just shared with us through Marisol Services, and they're able to provide those services because of the generosity of donors like you and our listening audience. I strongly urge you to check them out online, ccdenver.org. Give what you can. Again, the capitalist match is in play right now. Dan Capitalist and his law firm will match dollar for dollar any amount that you're able to give. Could be the smallest amount. Every little bit helps people like Sarah doing the great work that Catholic Charities does on a daily basis and especially during this time around the holidays. She is Sarah Lugo, Program Director for Marisol Services through Catholic Charities. Sarah, thank you for all that you do and thank you so much for your time and joining us today. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, Sarah Lugo right there. And again, if you like what you heard, if you want to help make that choice of life not only more possible, but more manageable, more realistic for a struggling young mother out there, your dollars, your donations, they matter. ccdenver.org. Again, give whatever you can. It goes to such a great cause, what you just heard right there. And Dan Kaplis, to his credit, very involved in this particular charity. And he does not uh, lend his name of his law firm out to anyone else that I am aware of it is catholic charities of denver that's it and dan feels very strongly about this so we're so thankful for sarah sharing her time with us on this edition of the dan kaplan show we'll take this break we come back wrapping up our number one now some of you are aware and i've gotten a text the colorado supreme court has ruled against donald trump and has uh, reversed a lower court decision that was going to keep him on our primary ballot as you might imagine, if you've been listening to this show, I'm infuriated by this. We have a communist Supreme Court of Colorado that is made up entirely of Democratic appointees. I'll get more into the analysis when we come back. You can join us by phone, one 405 8255 or by text, 57739. Start at Dan. We're back after this. <laughs> Back here on the EIB Radio Network. 
doing the best Rush Limbaugh impersonation I can because that's all I can do. Nobody can take the place of El Rushbo. And especially around this time of year, man, do I miss him. I miss him so much. He was a legend, an icon, a standard bearer, a torch bearer, a trailblazer. I could go on for the entire program about Rush Limbaugh. And I'd be wondering what Rush Limbaugh would be saying right now after the news that just broke this hour here in the communist state of Colorado. This is an absolute disgrace. I'm going to try to keep my cool as he would. Again, I strive to be like Rush. Rush was a person that when he took a caller that was a liberal, you might remember this too, and I'm sure that many of you do, he would tone down. He would get quiet. He would let the lib go on and on and on and rant and rave and make their point and yell and scream, maybe even call them names as long as they didn't swear. And he just had this innate ability, genius really, to let them run out of steam. And then when they did, he's like, well, are you finished? (laughs) And they would be. And then he would calmly, resolutely make his point. Rush didn't need to swear. Rush didn't need to yell to make some of the most cogent points ever in the history of talk radio. Now, I love Dan Bongino, and I love Mark Levin, and they're both great Americans, and they're both great conservatives, and I'm sure I would be very good friends with both of them. Yet they don't have that ability. Again, I strive for it. I know I get worked up. I know I get heated, and I'm I'm gonna, and I'm, I'm trying by the grace of God, literally, to keep my cool, but it's so difficult right now. And I think part of that difficulty for me is that we don't have Rush as our North Star. We don't have him to make sense of that which doesn't make sense right now, to give us perspective, to give us hope, to give us belief, to give us faith that things are going to work out, that things are going to be okay. Now, I will start with that preface and that premise, which is this decision will not stand. This aggression will not stand, man. The Big Lebowski, right? No, this is completely out of phase with the American Constitution. This is a lawless decision by a rogue, out-of-control judicial body, as I mentioned before the break, entirely appointed by Democrats. This is like, this is a board a council of a show trial before this court that was a foregone conclusion going in. They were going to reverse this decision, which I have to give credit to the Democrat lower judge. She was a Democrat donor. A lot of people thought the fix was in then, but she knew, and she was right, and she'll be proven right, mark my words, that the decision she made was based on the facts and based in the law. Now, she tried to write a whole bunch of caveats and but for and this sort of thing, to disqualify the root core of her decision, which was that no matter what, Donald Trump, as an American citizen, not convicted of a crime, mind you, had every right to be on that ballot. And I'll go a step further, and I've made this point before. I don't care Republican or Democrat in this case. If the Democrats wanted to run a crook in Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden, whoever else you want to fill in the blank there. Bob Menendez, that guy's crooked. I might not like it. I might not prefer it. I wouldn't vote for that person. But if that's who the Democrats wanted to put on their ballot, then by God, they have the right to do it. 
They have the right to nominate whoever they want. If they wanted to put a serial killer on the ballot, I would say they're within their right to do so. If that person is 35 years of age and wants to run for president and is an American citizen, those are the qualifications in the Constitution, period. End of sentence. Even if Donald Trump were convicted, which he has not been to this point, which he has not been, nor has he even been charged with any kind of insurrection. Jack Smith could not find the facts or the evidence to even make that charging case, so he didn't. So he's deferring instead to the actions of Donald Trump on January 6th and trying to pull the rug out from under him on a technicality. There is so much more I want to say about this. Mike in Longmont will get your thoughts as well. 855-405-8255, a travesty of justice. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.